Welcome to Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode and Blue Apron. I am one of your hosts, product designer Yasmin Evian. And joining me as always, my wonderful co-host, tech columnist Andy Anako. Hello. And app developer, Russell Ivanovich. Woohoo, we're back. We're back. We're back. Yes, yes. Thank you, uh, Jr. and Andy, for holding down the fort, and we we're, we're back now. I, I, I think it was. I, I should say. I, I think it was very nice of of Jr. and I to give you guys the show back. I think. <laughs> I, I think. I think we made our point. Also, I had this. I had to get ready for my Oscar party, so it was just too much upkeep. So, you know where we stand. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was actually, you know, Russell was going to be out of town. So we scheduled JR and then last minute something came up for me. And so I had to, I had to bail and I felt so bad. So JR, thanks so much for filling in and doing that. Uh, I had to bail because I heard my favorite Australian was going to, to San Francisco and Russell, yes, you were in San Francisco. I was with my favorite Australian. Me? Mark Edwards. Oh, uh, Mark Edwards. Yeah, he's my favorite Australian too. That's that's fine. <laughs> yes, Yasmin. So uh, this is the interesting part. So we, we got an email from Google, I think a few weeks ago now, and they said, hey, how would you like to join us for a design sprint in uh, in San Francisco? And we're like, we live in Australia. That is that is a long way to go. But they said, look, you know, you're going to get a lot out of this. We want to show you like some of the methodologies and things that we use. And we, we thought, thought, sure. So there was about... I think 35 people there, sort of designers and developers. And um, for those of you not familiar with the design sprint, which was actually me before this event, um, I'm a developer by trade. So I'm like, eh, design sprint, like this is going to be fun. You know, designers are unicorns and we're so special and we have creativity and you're going to feed us <laughs> so properly and stuff. I thought it was going to be that that sort of thing. But it turned out to you're actually be... You're always so busy painting <laughs> the side of the fence that nobody sees. Oh that's, how, that's what puts you through so much stress. You don't see it like I see it. You don't see the world through the lens of the <laughs> UX designer. But the thing is, no, all sarcasm aside, I actually... I actually got a lot of out of it. Like there is, there's there's a lot of interesting things that go into, particularly Google's sort of version of the design sprint and this sort of methodology that goes with it. And there is something really, you know, there, there's bits in there where you know you're time constrained and there's there's sort of you know things you can and can't do, and it's a very very sort of interesting process. And by the end of it, you know, we had a team of four and we came up with this. Uh, little concept thing that we did. By the end of it, you know, I, I had learnt a lot. I had learnt to, you know, work with designers. We had two designers, two developers on our team. We got along. There, there was no fighting. And I, I thought the the process and how it was sort of outlined was was really good. So, yeah, I, I, I'm a design believer now. Is that is that how you say this? <gasps> yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's a word for that. <laughs> yeah, there's a... So the, the whole methodology is, uh, is already is in their book. Um, what is it called? Sprint. I have the book right here. Oh, it's, this is main, we're, not, we're yeah, not selling the book, but you don't understand. Says, like, so, so the book is if you're interested in what Russell learned and like hearing all about it, the book is called Sprint: How to Solve Big Problems and Test New Ideas in Just Five Days. And this is by the Google Ventures team. And I actually I love this book. Um, it's an audio format so that you can listen to it because if you're anything like me, you're not actually going to be reading through the whole thing. I, I need to listen to it. Um, and I just from reading it learned so much just how many different companies like uh, I think Slack was in there, uh, Blue Bottle and just how their test. The whole idea is about uh, working together and having different ideas to solve for a problem. And then you actually test your theory and get some results. And that's and you kind of see what comes out of it. So I think that's pretty awesome that they brought people in to do that. Mm. So so what are they what were they trying to teach you there? The 
sprint. I, I've never heard of sprint as a as like as a formalized concept. But they were they trying to teach you s- sprint, or were they trying trying to teach you designing Android apps, or were they just trying to get you to leave your country so that the uh, border control could collect <laughs> all of your social media information because Google is secretly working in cahoots with uh, with Homeland Security? <laughs> Why not all of these things, Andy? No, I think from what I could tell there, there was a few goals, right? So this was run by the developer and design advocate team at Google, which is quite a big team. I believe about 150 people sort of worldwide. Um, and their their primary goal is to make, you know, things like Android apps better. Like that's, that's their job. They want to see like amazing looking apps. They want to see material design they want to see even things like material design taken to the next level you know more customized and individualized to each app and i think that was part of it they they called a whole bunch of designers in there some of whom don't really design for android and say hey hey look you might not know that android has moved a lot in the last you know five years since you saw android 2.3 and it had a menu button and a search button it looked you know horrendous let's be fair and now it looks like this and these are the kind of things you know users expect and these are the kind of animations and sort of you know, there was there was a whole talk about you know animations and various timing flows and things that you could tell that Google really takes that seriously. I think that was part of it to so try and educate designers that hey, you know, you need to take your Android design game to the next level. But the other part of it is they seem to have this this five day sprint methodology, which I guess they are trying to encourage other companies to use. I don't know the reasons for that. It could be like an academic pride thing, like we we came up with this thing and we'd like everyone else to use it. There could be some nefarious purpose behind it, Andy, where if you use it on the fifth day, you suddenly become like a Google convert. I will say the two other Australians that I travelled with, so uh, Chris and Mark, both designers, uh, both iOS users and sort of, you know, staunch iOS users, both came away using an Android phone and are still using it, I believe, to this day. So maybe <gasps> maybe just that was the end goal. I don't really know. <laughs> Or, or maybe they decided to just get a burner phone for again for going through the borders. That's something I'm deeply, deeply, deeply considering. Yeah, I, th- I think that I think I can hear so many of our listeners who work for large corporations suddenly just involuntarily shudder, saying, "Oh my God, one of our managers is going to hear about this, buy the book, and then to make us more productive, will make us go through a week long training course that puts us two weeks behind on our projects." I will say no, to no, those no, people, so the I've, whole idea. No, I won't. Okay, I won't. No, don't do the design <laughs> thing, Yasmin. We know Yasmin's a designer. She's going to tell you this is the best process. On it. I think I've worked at huge corporations before, right? I've been the the little cog in you know the giant machine. I think your job, you know, employees out there, is to make your managers find out about this and get them to send you on the Google thing for a week because there was yeah. a few people there that are like, I came because this is awesome. I just get to not work for a week, and I'm like, oh, well, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> free booze, free food. Uh, no, but I will say this one thing I know, or this, and we're not going to evangelize about the, the sprint, uh, idea here, but the, the whole idea is like, you actually are testing out different theories. So you put, you create these prototypes that you can get out there and, and that's not a whole lot of time that you're spending on this prototypes. So the whole thing is that it's supposed to save you time because let's say that, you know, Russell, you're a mobile app developer and you have this idea and let's you think it's going to be amazing. <laughs> let's say that you are, you are. So, and you, you develop something and it takes you about a couple of months to, you know, to do this really cool feature or whatnot. And then you realize, hey, it doesn't actually work and no one really cares for it. Like it's not helpful. So you wasted all that, you know, time and development and design and all that stuff. Uh, so the whole idea is to, to kind of help you get through that. So I have one last person I'd like to introduce you to. I'll, I'll post a screenshot of this maybe. This is the guy. Cre- <gasps> this is Sprinkles that we created. I just want to get Sprinkles to say hello if that's all right. I'm just going to connect it up here. Hi, my name is Sprinkles. Let's have some fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. sprinkles is is the thing we created during our design sprint. You call you, you you call them sprinkles because he pees a lot, isn't that right? <laughs> exactly. He's just so adorable. That's implied. It is this really cute. You have to you have to take a picture. Uh, we'll post it on there. It's this really cute uh, little. What, what do you sprinkle? Kind of looks like an android. Kind of looks like an android. I an android elephant. A cute little android elephant with a pushy downy head. Yeah. is how I'd describe it. So, it is cute. <laughs> well, it, it looks cute. it looks like something you could build with a with a Raspberry Pi or with an Arduino. It has, we, it has it, it's got the flashy LEDs. Are the LEDs color or are they just white? Ah, uh, they can go any color, Andy. So there's five LEDs on the front. They can they can change colors. There's a speaker, obviously. There's a light sensor. There's, we could potentially build this with a Raspberry Pi. We were looking at to bring this back around to the Google side of things. We were looking at Android Things, which is Google's new um, operating system for you know embedded devices like this. And it looks really interesting because some of the technologies that are in there you don't really get for free in things like the Raspberry Pi. My favorite. Google technology of all time that we've had the the creators of here on the show is the nearby thing where you can find yeah. other devices that are in the same room as you without needing to be like, you know, Wi-Fi, connect, password, Bluetooth, pair, you know, pin code. So or whatever sprinkles can talk about you behind your back with other sprinkles <laughs> with That's right. tittles and puddles and ex-fluvia. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night we kill him. Do you guys have the Furbies in the US? Those creepy, creepy things that talk to each other? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I used to sell those when I worked retail and we used to get them all. And I'm just like, I don't know what these things are doing, but it's freaking me out. There's a new thing uh, that I found out during uh, the holidays. It's uh, hatchables, which are these things that hatch. And I found out about them because there was a whole Twitter memory about how some of them were not hatching and people were posting about. Uh, a couple of months later, my daughter's like, Mom, I want a hatchable. And I was like, I actually know what that is. But no, I'm not buying you that right now. Uh, but we did. Oh, go, go I, ahead, Andy. I, I, don't, well, I was just going to say, I, I, I don't have kids, but I have those. They're, they're called pantry moths. Uh, <laughs> where you, you buy a bag so of flour or rice and then four days later and they, they hatch, hatch. and then you got these these moths just like <laughs> fluttering all over your kitchen and into your living room and you feel as though you want to burn the whole house down because there's no way to get rid of them and you the might, other, the other thing about the other thing about the pantry moth is that they're not like they're not like flies where they're fast or they're swift that they're dumb they will just basically flutter in the air they're so easy to smash and kill but there are so many of them that you finally get tired of even killing them <laughs> but uh, but Russell, you and I had something uh, when we both got to our separate homes. We both had issues with our Google Wi-Fi. You had issues with the Google Wi-Fi. I had issues with my Google OnHub. And this uh, this happened literally the day I landed was the whole fiasco of the Google Wi-Fi and OnHub uh, issues. Essentially, there was some issues with the, the Google accounts um, that kind of logged everyone out. Uh, in some instances, it was logging users out of their accounts. But in this instance, like it kind of uh, wiped all of the information from the Wi-Fi and OnHub. So I couldn't connect onto my network and I kept on like turning it off and turning it back on again because I, I thought it was like something's wrong with the modems or something's wrong with the router. Like I was just looking through all this stuff until I finally did a Google search, which would have saved me some time. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, this is an issue that's going around to everyone. And they eventually sent out an email saying, hey, like, listen, uh, we're so sorry that this happened. There were some issues that affected the software and performance. Um, 
or sorry, it has not affected the software and performance, but it did automatically reset to the initial state. Visit this dedicated support page for more information on a step-by-step -step instructions to get back online. So if you have a Google Wi-Fi or an OnHub and for whatever reason haven't found out about this yet and you're thinking, why is it not working? We're going to put a show, well, we're going to put a show in the link show notes, people. We're going to put a show Showception. To help you walk you through it. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was not a fun thing to come home to. I was like, come on, seriously, I was trying to show my mom some pictures and I couldn't. Well, I have this whole thing is, I mean, I've brought the Google Wi-Fi into my house and my wife's already a bit skeptical, like, you know, why do we need to change Wi-Fi in the first place? And I set them up, I set up two of them because the house pretty small, didn't need the third one. And then I got a text message basically saying one of them's died, like, I don't know why. And then my wife's pretty smart, <laughs> she Googled it, she figured it out, she powered it back on. But the thing that happened with mine is the one plugged into the router was fine, like it it seemed to like recover by itself but the other sort of satellite one just completely wiped itself and disappeared sort of off the network so i had to set it up as a new device basically and this is this is interesting because most other routers uh, they don't update themselves and that's that's kind of a bad thing because they're known vulnerabilities and whatever else and eventually you've got a router that's got firmware that's you know four years old with massive holes in it that anyone can just sort of dial into through the internet that's bad but this is the other extreme where you have an always on connected device that's connected back to google that literally updates itself in the background without even telling you like it doesn't ask you it's like chrome it just updates itself basically so if that process ever goes wrong and your only way to update itself is from the internet that's really bad because it can't it can't recover from that once it loses its internet connection it can't it can't fix itself yeah that, that's a super class of extremely annoying faults with technology where it's it's uh, you you fire up like a phone app just to do something very very simple and local and while it's firing up so, oh i'm sorry I'm, I'm trying to connect to this server i'll be with you in a second saying you don't need to connect to a server i just need to write a little note to remember something and then like nope we're not going to do it until i until i connect to your server it's like why just do just if you do nothing you'll be doing things perfectly but you're trying to make me super happy and you're instead you're making me very very angry yeah no no internet connection that does that does uh <laughs> does make you upset <laughs> it does I, I will say though overall i'm really happy still with the google wi-fi one thing that i realized on this trip has mean that i had no idea was a thing is you can dial into its admin interface from anywhere on the internet you don't actually have to be on the wi-fi i'd always just assumed that you had to be connected to the local network to do all the you know administration of all the devices yeah there was actually a fun thing before i boarded my flight home i got a notification it was like your your uh, network has gone offline and i'm like oh Okay, well, hopefully it comes back online when I land. So it's it's funny, it will like notify you and stuff. So I have to ask this question, Andy. Like, Yasmin's always been a Google shill, let's face it, Google fan from the start. I'm now a Google shill because they, no, you know, they, they flew me out to San Francisco. They, you know, put me up in the Hotel W. It was very nice. Like, I'm, I'm a complete and utter sellout. Andy, I hear that Samsung has potentially invited you somewhere. They have invited me to travel to New York City at my own expense, taking an overnight train. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they uh, uh, they didn't. Their only big phone announcement at Mobile World Congress was that, "Hey, here's the actual date in which we are going to be apologizing in person for what happened and trying to make you forget about that 2016 even happened." Uh, so on March 29th, they're having an event actually in Lincoln at Lincoln Center in New York City. Uh, I do have an, I do have an invite. I am going to go there uh, because it's next door to uh, Opera. And I can maybe get 25. No, who am I kidding? I'm going there because it's probably going to be a really cool event. Uh, and again, because they're trying to butter people up, press included, about forgetting all about 2016, 
I think the snacks are going to be one cut above what they usually are. They're usually pretty good at Samsung events. So, yes, I'm looking forward to that. Would you say the event's going to be lit, Andy? Okay, well, there's lit as in I've been smoking the marijuana. Uh, I don't know about the event. I will not be lit. I will be doused. Uh, doused in scotch, which is still okay, according to our new attorney general, General, so long as you don't do the pot. Scotch, fine. Maybe not drive, but that's fine. <laughs> I, I would, um, in all honesty, I would love to hear both your thoughts on what's happened at Mobile World Congress and also, you know, the Galaxy S8. That's the big phone sort of coming out next next. I was going to say next month, but it's actually later this month, so never mind. But (laughs) first, Andy, we have to pay some bills. So this episode is brought to you by Linode. Linode gives you fast, powerful hosting for your projects that you can set up in just seconds. They have easy-to-understand tools that let you choose your resources in Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility you need. And Linode plans now just start at $5 a month. I don't know if you remember. It used to be 10 It's now 5 for a Linux uh, server with one gigabyte of RAM, and it's just sitting there in the cloud. And you think, oh, what, what kind of things do I have there? Well, You've got industry-leading performance. You've got native SSD storage. You've got Intel E5 processors. You've got a 40-gigabit network. You've got you know nine different data centers to choose from around the world. Uh, if you're a developer, you have a cloud API that you hook into and you can sort of make custom applications there. Um, and you've got super simple scaling. So if you decide, oh, I need, need more RAM, need more disk or whatever, you just click a few buttons in the admin area. Now your machine is much more powerful. Um, it's all manageable via the command line. They've got this sort of custom list thing, which is very cool. Um, and all the Lino tiers uh, feature hourly billing. So if halfway through the month you decide, uh, you know, I don't need 21 servers, I only need 20, uh, you can shut one of them down and you'll get, you know, the money back for that bit. And you're thinking, ah, oh, so listen to this show. Like, what, what can I do? What can I do? So you can go to linode.com slash material, L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash material, and you'll not only be supporting us, but you get $20 towards your first Linode plan. And that comes with a seven-day money-back guarantee. So there's literally nothing to lose here. Linode.com slash material to learn more. Sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or if you're already at checkout, you're super excited, material2017 is the promo code you want to use. Uh, we want to thank Linode so much for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. Uh, so we, we do want to issue um, an apology here to some of the listeners, you know, as we, we cover things that are going on. And um, in one instance, we covered a profile that we read about uh, King of Search, Amit Singhal's uh, retirement. And we there was like a really, this piece actually put him in a really uh good light. And we were all like, oh, wow, he's going to go do, uh, you know, go help out around India. And I think he was going to go like travel the world and uh, in some instances and and help uh, people. And so we kind of put him in a good light. And it actually has been brought to our attention or not our attention specifically. uh, But the the story broke that Amit Singhal had actually left Google, was asked to was asked to, I don't know, retire is not the right word, was asked to leave Google because of some um, claims of, of um, alleged encounters between Singal and female employees with HR. And apparently this guy comes out is actually a jerk. And he, was, he went to Uber after, after, after leaving Google and then was asked to leave Uber after it was brought to Uber's attention that he left uh, Google after some uh, allegations of sexual harassment that had been found uh, pretty credible. So we want to just say this as to an apology of anyone that, you know, potentially listens to the show and has had that interaction with him. Like, I can't imagine what that would be like 
for, you know, you have this this article that just kind of uh, talked about how amazing he was. And then if you had interactions with him that were not enjoyable, I can't imagine what that would have been like. So that's just us kind of giving you an update with that. Yeah, it's uh, Kara Swisher, by the way, Recode is the one who broke the story. Uh, apparently, uh, she has multiple sources and she had uh, what her source was able to read uh, internal notes to her uh, that there was a, a counter between Singal. According, this is a uh, quoting from the story that Kara Swisher wrote. Uh, according to multiple sources and internal notes read to me after discussing the claims of an alleged encounter between Singal and a female employee, first with former Google HR head Laszlo Bach and also Google CEO Sundar Pichai, the top person, that's, I'm sorry, that's my editorial comment, uh, in late 2015, he denied those claims at the time. He also he also apparently stated a number of times that there are two sides to every story. However, uh, sources said that Google was prepared to fire Singal over the allegations after looking into the incident, and they would not have fired somebody who was so important to the company if they didn't they weren't sure of uh, what they had figured out. Uh, and the fact that he resigned made meant that they didn't have to do so. So it looks like either explicitly or he was smart enough to figure out that okay, I can either be fired publicly or I can just retire quote retire unquote uh, the. Uh, a uh, female employee who filed the complaint did not work for him directly, but worked closely with the search team. Another quote here, she did not also did not want to go public with the chargers, which is apparently why Google decided to allow Singal to leave quietly. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's so illustrative. I'm, I'm, obviously, I'm speaking only for myself here. It's so illustrative of what has to be understood uh, about harassment and the, the bad things that people I, again, these are accusations. So, as a journalist, I have to sort of back off of saying definitely, 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 uh, with with regret. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't mean that he wasn't a smart guy. It doesn't mean that he wasn't critical to developing important technologies. It doesn't mean that the work that he did merited respect. But to I'll, again, only speaking for myself. That means that I can't really think of him as the person who was the you know, the, the the godfather of search, the person who holds these patents, the person who was responsible for doing good software. Because when the number one thing in my mind is he harassed female people under his employ, okay, there is no number two I'm interested in. So, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. There's probably nothing else that that I have to add to that that you two haven't already said. I think, and it's it's good to you know inform our listeners of of that as well in case you know they heard the first story but perhaps you know didn't find the second. So, in a lot more happy news, I guess Mobile World Congress is currently on, um, and I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on some of the phones that have been announced and various things. But the first thing. Uh, I thought we should cover is that the Google Assistant, you know, that magical unicorn that only lives on the Pixel and I believe was announced for the G20 or something, the V20, uh, an LG phone, is now apparently coming to Android Nougat and Marshmallow devices this week. So potentially you'll start to see it appear on a lot of devices that don't currently have the Assistant. You know, they have the they have the little microphone thing up the top, whatever that is called. <laughs> they have other places where you can talk to Google, but now they will be getting the, the magic of the assistant. I mean, what, what do we think of that? Yeah, I think it's great that, yeah, that the assistant is finally coming to the the other phones because that was always a question of like, oh, it's coming to the Pixel. Is it going to come to any anything else? So it's nice that they're getting out there. Uh, I'm super curious on the interaction. So if the if the Google Assistant essentially is going to replace kind of like the long pressing for now on top, on now on tap, because um, that's how you can currently access the access the Google Assistant on the Pixel phone, or how if there's going to be any other things because. 
the whole the whole thing with like Google Search and Google Assistant on the Pixel phone is like interesting because you have the Google Assistant that is built, but and you access her or access it by long pressing on the home button, and then you can access the Google Search, which is by that little tab on the top left from like the Pixel home screen. So it's kind of I wonder if it's going to confuse some people in terms of. Uh, am I talking to the Google Assistant or the Google Search, like the the whole <laughs> the whole thing? Uh, but I'm excited that it's coming out, and hopefully, this means that they are going to continue making Google Assistant more helpful to people. Yeah, I, I was cons- uh, concerned a little bit when it was an exclusive feature to the Pixel phones. It seems as though if you really, if you're launching a new line of phones and you want to differentiate it from that huge scrum of uh, premium Android phones that are out there, you basically bake in some secret sauce that only Google has access to. Uh, but no, it's as usual. It's like they would be very, very happy to become the makers of a hugely successful and popular phone, but they really just want their software to be on the uh, software and services to be the software and services that everybody relies on uh, so i also i'd like to talk to some of those engineers to uh, see what kind of hardware juice is uh, would be inside the pixel to optimize use of assistant versus just being able to make it work on just a lowly uh, nexus 5x uh, this is another reason why i have been <laughs> i've been going into settings and tap about this phone and system updates and then Getting the message, your oh, your system is up to date, and then me screaming, liar! Why are you a lying liar whose lying mouth is just filled with lies? Oh, so the- yes, it's gonna be it's gonna be rolled out to me eventually. <laughs> I know, but oh my god, I can't wait. This is the quintessential Android experience. We we no longer have the situation that we don't get any updates. We just have the situation where Google announced an update, and they're like, oh, it'll be rolling out over the coming weeks. You're like, no, just just give it to me. And I think, though, that this update is going to come to you via Google Play services. So I don't know if they actually have to update, uh, do a software update on this. So that's hopefully hopefully uh, more more encouraging to you, Andy, that don't, you don't have to wait for a system update. So that's via Google Play services, um, which is how they, how they actually got um, the instant apps update to people as well. So we're we're seeing them focus more on sending stuff via Google Play services. Yeah, I'm still I'm still just a tiny note on that from the developer perspective. There is a lot of stuff in Google Play services. That's half the operating system now, like yeah. from a developer point of view. And Google can roll that out through the Play Store, which is yeah, really interesting. Yeah, that's what when that's what caught my eye. It indicates that they're they really do want this to be everywhere. Uh, the Play the the one of the common complaints about Google to pe- Android to people who aren't really familiar with it are that. Uh, they wish that they could get updates as as quickly as uh, Apple rolls out updates, where every single phone that's compatible gets it all on the same day. Uh, and boy, can't, I, why am I have to? Why do I have to wait six to eight months for my carrier and my maker to update my phone for for nougat? And you have to explain to them that they've for this reason they've moved a lot of core services into something that could be deployed through any phone that has the Google that has access to the Google Play Store. Uh, so that's again another indication that they really want to uh, make this uh, make this go super super wide. Um, uh, also the the other the other note is that uh, it's first going to be arriving on uh, phones that are in the US running US English because it's 
a speech, it's language oriented. They have to localize it for everything. Uh, after the U.S. English rollout, it comes out to the U.K., Canada, then Australia uh, for the special Ooh. version of English that can, that Australians speak, uh, <laughs> where there are 18 <laughs> words for venom. Uh, <laughs> now, is it, now tell me, it, okay, you have to be specific. Is it the venom where I can just walk it off? Is it the venom where I may as well slit my own throat so I bleed out quickly? <laughs> Do I, is it, or is the kind of venom where I have to they have to bury me 18 miles away from civilization for when I explode and yeah are you telling me Andy that's not standard practice that the second you get bit by something your first reaction is to go and try and take a picture of it because if you don't you die oh, that's pretty common isn't it happens in the US as well yeah you take a picture of your uh, no hey we have, we have rattlesnakes and the... scorpions they all have venom here but maybe not as many as you but th- three, 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 three days ago I saw a photo online of a snake in Australia dangling from a tree and it looked like a light fixture because it was half because a big like possum like creature was halfway down its gullet apparently the snake had dropped down because it needed to like straighten out its throat to finish getting this so i'm just i'm just saying i'm it might be a while before i accept any invitations to speak in australia look in its in its defense possums are delicious and they are super annoying i guess there are equivalent of your raccoons they they look perhaps a little bit cuter than raccoons, but they, they fight just as badly. I don't know if they go through your bins, but they, they're really annoying. So, you know, more, more power to the snakes. But uh, I guess one of the other big news, you know, coming out of Mobile World Congress, that is really hard to say, by the way, is the LG G6. I guess that was the big sort of flagship, <laughs> flagship home phone and bigger in a lot of ways because they've actually made the screen slightly taller. It goes almost edge to edge on the sides. There's tiny little, you know, bezels at the top and bottom. What... What do we think of the you know the eighteen nine aspect ratio? I guess two to one if if you want to do the maths. Yeah, it's really great. It's it's part of the every single phone this year is they're trying to make this bezel as small as possible because they know that it's the people want larger screens, but they also want smaller phones. And that's a really easy way to do it. Eighteen to nine, that is two to one. <laughs> so that is as wide as you can possibly get without getting into like Cinerama or Vistavision. Uh, and it looks it looks like a really nice premium phone. Uh, it's they've switched to a two camera setup, uh, one wide, one tight, kind of like the way that uh, the, the iPhone seven uh, work, seven and seven excuse me seven plus works. Uh, it's got micro SD that supports cards of up to two terabytes, so that should do me. A, I, I'm looking for a phone where I never have to, I download every podcast so automatically and I never have to delete it. Ridiculous! No, I'm I've got uh, I, I love my five X. What are you using two terabytes on your phone for? Randy, okay. I'm not. See, that's I'm not. I'm not using two terabytes. I'm using 32. I just want to make up for every like time every month that says, "I'm sorry, someone tried to send you an 18 character text message, and there's just not enough storage left to to actually receive it." It's if when you when you get when you have two terabytes, that means that you are shooting 4K video because you got got room for it. It means that you're gonna you maybe leave your laptop at home because you just or leave it in in your overhead bin because you just wanted a movie to watch. Watch, and you got plenty of room to put a movie on your phone. It means that it just means never, really not flight. even really under, not even <laughs> knowing where the feature for deleting something off your phone is because you never use it. <laughs> it is, it is a nice looking phone as well. Like, a, yeah, a, I was looking at the. The front of it, and it looks actually pretty slick. And I do like that there are there. It doesn't go edge to edge, so a lot of the times when they go like to the edge of the glass, gets to like the the corners of the screen, like it can actually easily uh, like break because you know when phones fall, they hit the edge and the whole glass just shatters. So hopefully you can still get a bumper on that thing because 
As you, as everyone knows, Yasmin likes to carry at least a bumper on on her phone. <laughs> but it does look the front of it does look pretty nice. Yeah, and just the more room for software stuff as well. Like I've seen sort of people reviewing it, things like that, where they have two apps at the same time, which was always a bit of a funny feature in Android. It's like, yes, it's possible. Do you need it? You know, shrug, who knows? Here, here it is. But on that slightly taller phone, you do get, you know, slightly more sort of app in each space. So it, it almost starts to make sense. You could do some pretty cool things where you're, I don't know, you're browsing Twitter and reading Slack at the same time. I don't, what, what do people do? You maybe watch a video in one and you do something else in another. Or you're just uh, you're, you're you're traveling somewhere on bus or on public transportation, and you just want to make sure you keep an eye on where you are and how close your stop is, so you can still be reading your Kindle book, but still know that I've got eight minutes until uh, until I need to jettison, <laughs> punch out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. So you could have a map and potentially a book as well, and you can just monitor the two. I I think it's cool. Apparently, LG has stripped back even more of their interface. They, they've always been sort of fairly lenient with it in the last few years. You know, gone are the days of their super over the top. You know, Android. Research skins and apparently this one is less of a reskin as well which i yeah i think it's kind of cool i mean overall it looks looks like a pretty decent phone yeah and it's it's price premium as well uh the other big phone is the uh, huawei p10 uh well every time i've held up a huawei phone goodness gracious the build quality is absolutely up there up there the the level of thinking and the engineering is also way up there they don't go for we're going to put in this weird feature just so that we can have another have an exclusive that no one else has which is something that samsung still kind of has a has a love for uh and the other thing is that they're often not available in the united states like they're going to sell to everybody every market except for the u.s market uh and apparently that's the true that's true of the p10 as well uh, i'm sure they're going to have something exactly like the p10 for the u.s market but oh goodness hopefully soon uh so they seem to have made a whole bunch of improvements over the over last years and just absolutely where it counts they've added more application ram this is uh, has six gigabytes of application ram which i don't think i can't think of another phone that has that much usually four gigs is about the uh, about the 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 normal um uh, more internal storage about 128 gigs internal storage they've uh, done a bunch of improvements to the cameras now i think uh, i think the, the 20 megapixel camera is new they had this idea of having ganging that with a uh 12 megapixel lens that's a little bit faster uh, so that it can figure out which lens is going to be the best one to take the picture at the time and then pick the right one. Uh, but also they've uh, changed the lens so that's much, much faster. It lets in a lot more light. So you don't, so hopefully you don't have to go to high ISOs uh, as, as quickly. Uh, but so I'm really keeping my out for it. If I, if I, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be buying a new Android phone next year, if it is, I'm certainly thinking hard about whatever the new pixel is, but, it, I I like what I've seen with the with the uh, LG G6. I like what I see with the with Huawei's P10, uh, and this is why I switched to Android a few years ago to have this many great options and trying to decide which of these features are significant to me. Uh, I will say as, as one tiny little aside, I wish I'd taken out stock in something like the Sony camera division because they must be loving this. They're like all phones now come with two cameras, so for every smartphone we can sell you two sensors. Genius, genius, Sony. <laughs> Another thing that's coming out of Huawei is that they released uh, two different watches at MWC. I'm going to refer to it as MWC uh, from now on. And they came out, they both have NFC, which is great because you can tap and pay. Hey, yay, Huawei. Uh, 
uh, LG, take some out, take some notes here. Um, <laughs> but no, <they're, laughs> but so they have two different watches. They're, it's called Huawei Watch 2, which that one is the sportier one that has LTE, and it's definitely the much more uh, beefier looking one. So this is like the LG Sport that's what you could compare compare it to, um, and it has uh, you know GPS. I believe it has a heart rate sensor and four gigs of storage. Sorry, does not have two terabytes of storage there. <laughs> Can I store your podcast on there, Andy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but this one definitely looks much more like a sporty version, and they have some uh, cool bands that have different colors. And then they came out with the Huawei Watch 2 Classic, which this one does not have the LTE, I believe, and it, but it does have NFC, and it has the leather band, and um, it just looks a little bit more classic. Um, I'm kind of bummed out with the Watch 2 uh, Classic look, only because the last Huawei watch was like really sleek around the ages and look a really kind of modern, kind of almost like the Motorola uh, you know, feel. But this one, they went with a more traditional look. So although I'm happy that they got NFC so you can do, uh, you know, Android Pay on both watches, it's still just not for me. I don't know if there's a watch for me this year. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, I just like the way that this device could integrate uh, with online services, particularly in Asia. I mean, we're all looking forward to the Huawei Wistwatch Weibo client. Yes, I made all that up just so I could say <laughs> Huawei Wistwatch Weibo web quiet. two of sorry, sorry. Yes, but the, yeah, the, uh, it's uh, good to see uh, Huawei move forward on their watches. They're they're the ones that make you wonder. Okay, so why is why is Apple saying that a stainless steel watch is incredibly tricky and expensive when and uh, when <laughs> Huawei makes these really cool, almost like Omega looking watches that aren't aren't terribly expensive? Uh, it's. <laughs> It's really cool stuff. Uh, it's like I'm just. I think that I'm. I'm with you though. It's. Uh, I gotta have NFC. I think I'm still waiting for. Uh, before I upgrade my Moto 360, I'm looking for something that is definitively better. Not just a little better, but same size. It's got NFC. It'll run Android Wear 2.0. Another another stupid update. I got an update to uh, the Android Wear app, of course, like on my phone, and I'm like all excited. Oh my god, does it have the Moto? Do it have the Moto 360 version? No, it's no. even though the but 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 but. But, but but play apps. It said the description said and brings more notifications. And you, you lied to me. <laughs> why why why? Uh, I will say this uh, for people that do like the more traditional watch look. The Huawei Watch Two Classic might actually be for you because I think it looks. It, it kind of does look like a like a regular watch. Like that's not really my style. But people that are looking for more of that, that might be something of interest. So. Um, just because it's not for me doesn't mean it can't be for you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we, we should throw a tip out to, to Huawei or other manufacturers who might be listening. I reckon if you can make a, like a really elegant sort of small watch for like the small wrist, just charge $100,000 for it and get Yasmin to buy it. Like you, you only need one customer. And, you, know, you just need one customer. Just, just direct, direct to the person who wants it. I mean, I, I kid, a lot more people want that sort of style of watch. I find it really bizarre that they're all like LTE, GPS. I'm like, just, yeah. just make it small. Just make it small. I think I, I, it depends on how long their uh, their development process is. It seems like they're still in the track of let's make feature, 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 feature. They still don't know how to convince people that they actually uh, want a, uh, a smartwatch, let alone need one. And it just seems clear to me that 
the the first company that will really really crack Android Wear is the one that says we don't care what this does so long as a woman can wear it. Uh, and so okay, and, and let's make sure it has NFC too because that's nuts not to have that. But we will we will forego a super great screen. We will f- we will even forego like. Uh, being able to use it to to time your marathon splits so long as it runs Android Wear 2.0 and women can can and will want to wear it. And I, yeah, and I think that's not even women, you know, it's just uh, I've heard a lot of people when I was complaining about it on Twitter, they're like, a lot of men come out and say, yeah, we really just want a small watch. Like they they have small wrists too. So um, everyone, I mean, the, the watches are so big that I guess in comparison, everyone's wrists are pretty small. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but it just bothers, it bothers me because I think this is the one product category that uh, really just the hardware excludes 50 point something percent of the, of the population. Yep. And I, and I don't, I don't, I, I know that this is mostly technology constrained, but it looks like a problem that Apple thought it was really important to solve that problem. I really wish that an Android manufacturer mm-hmm. would say, we got to solve this problem as well. Cause it makes everybody look really bad. Speaking of people looking bad, uh, we were talking with uh, JR last week about uh, Motorola's had some pre announcements uh, and I got their Moto G. Uh, I got I got one of their uh, cheaper Motorola phones confused in my head with a Moto Z saying that, oh, and look, it doesn't have those pogo plugs uh, for uh, for the, the clip-on uh, Moto mods that uh, they introduced with the Moto Z last year. Uh, of course, I got the letter wrong uh, because uh, Motorola did announce that phone, but they also announced Moto mods for, uh, for the Moto Z. Uh, so that's still very much alive. They seem to think that's still a good idea. We'll talk about ideas where that they make the idea makes sense, but We've yet to see the public say, yes, we love this idea. We will buy your phones. So they announced that uh, there's going to be a hardware mod for Amazon Alexa. I don't know. I wasn't able to find out why the what the hardware does to make it work with Alexa. I assume that it will uh, – it's a piece of hard – I assume that the hardware helps it to engage uh, always on functionality. Uh, a few more battery mods, obvious. Uh, there's a gamepad mod. Uh, so we'll make it uh, more like a game controller. Uh, it will also include its own battery. Uh, they're also promising, quote, at least, unquote, a dozen new mods every single year. So – Okay, let's see if they sell more than a dozen mods a year first before you get that ambitious. Uh, and as part of this, they're showing off a whole bunch of concepts uh, that have not been announced yet, but they wanted to show off what they could do. They're one that has a photo printer, uh, a module for interacting, kind of, kind of like a, it's a Lego module that will make it uh, your phone work kind of like the compute module in uh, lego mindstorm so if you want to write apps for it that control lego motors uh, a charging station and then motor- <laughs> motorola being motorola they're going back to the desktop desktop dock concept uh they're the company that a few generations ago had those uh, uh you could dock your uh, line of phones you could dock inside something that looks like a laptop and benefit from a uh, full-size screen full-size battery and full-size keyboard okay so they're they're showing off as a concept a dock that you stick it into that gives you a desktop android experience android uh, marshmallow android uh, nougat works great as a desktop operating system but once again if this is a great idea that the idea of having a phone that you will also use as your desktop pc another idea that kind of makes sense but no one has shown any excitement for it yet hopefully they'll be the first one to break through it and that's the then that is why we need two terabyte uh, micro sd cards everyone fine. hey that's fine you know that's that's more storage for me and while we're on that flight you know to the to google io 
and 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 you're like, oh well, geez, I'll just read the in-flight magazine now because I've already played my eight songs that are available. I will say, I will say, oh, I'm sorry. I would I would tilt the screen closer to you because I'm now on season three of Game of Thrones on the same phone, but. Again, you you were offended by the concept of my having this much storage on the device. I don't want to offend you further by and th- hour number three of us being stuck on the tarmac, you having some something to watch. That's fine. That's fine. Are you going to Google I.O., Andy? Did you get your I'm ticket? Not going, your I'm, not going ticket? Out of, I'm not going out of protest, uh, protesting the fact that it would cost me a couple thousand dollars to go and I don't have that to spend to go to, go to Google I.O. Well, hopefully I can I can help you out with something is that this episode of material is brought to you by Blue Apron, the number one recipe delivery service that has the freshest ingredients for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonable recipes along with fresh, high quality ingredients to make delicious home cooked meals. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of home chefs. Each Blue Apron meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. And they, uh, you know, will take care of you. When I receive my Blue Apron box, you know, it's a, it's a fun thing where our family gets together and cooks. And my daughter loves all the food that we get from Blue Apron. So it's uh, it's a really good experience if you want to, you know, spend some more time together in the kitchen. Kind of fun. Uh, I'd say the only sad part is that you don't, uh, because they send you all the ingredients that you need, you can't ask Google Home, hey, what can I use to substitute for X ingredient that I'm missing? So it, it kind of takes away that, that, that fun bit a bit. Uh, but you get a variety of recipes each week. And they don't repeat within a year. Some of them, uh, some of the recipes that they have is they have spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage and rice. Mmm. Chipotle glazed meatloaf with crispy potatoes and a green garlic pesto pasta with romaine salad and creamy lemon dressing. Man, reading reading all those makes me hungry. And Blue Apron delivers to 99% of the continental U.S. There's no weekly commitment, so you get deliveries when you want them. And their freshness guarantee means that every ingredient arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get three meals free with your first purchase, including free shipping by going to blueapron.com forward slash material. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. Visit blueapron.com forward slash material. And we want to thank Blue Apron for support of the show and Relay FM, Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Uh, so there's uh, there's announcements. You know, there, there's more things that we can be spending our ad money on. <laughs> there is that Google has announced. Yes. That, well, some of us can spend our ad money on. There's a, something called YouTube TV, which something, something, ESPN, American Networks, Yawn, Yawn, Cable. What, uh, but, but, but there are YouTube Red Originals, which I literally have only just heard of today and might have to go and have a look at that. Apparently available in Australia, but everything else is America, America, America. So to make up for that, uh, I just want to... Yeah. I just want to end end that previous thing and just rub it in our listeners' faces that I got a Google I.O. ticket and I believe I'm the only one here, possibly the only one, you know, in the entire audience judging by my Twitter stream. So if you didn't get a Google I.O. ticket, I mean, I feel for you, but ha-ha. I can neither confirm nor deny Mm. anything. (laughs) I... I, you don't want me to say this because this doesn't make you look very good, but you told me that you actually got 
you pulled some strings to get two tickets, chiefly because you like to put your bag on the empty seat next to you. <laughs> so those of you who wish you had access, my laptop's heavy. All right, hey. I'm just I'm, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's a very heavy 15 inch you know laptop that. It's, it's you can't store that in the overhead locker. It's too it's too precious. It needs its own chair. You're you'll yeah. well. I, I hope I hope that your little hat is going to learn a whole lot about Android Wear 3.0. I hope your little <laughs> hat is going to understand Google Web Services so much that they can actually improve its own product better than any of our listeners can. But uh, while while you only are God can judge you, fun only God I can owe. judge you, Russ, Russell. Everybody Maybe can I'll hate you, but they can't judge YouTube you. But they will be hating you. <laughs> uh, it's so it's true. I, I, I don't apologize. Sorry, Yasmin. I don't. I just want to say I don't apologize. <laughs> Having a ticket's awesome. Sorry, Yasmin. Oh, I, no, I want to hear all about this right. American I'm TV used, service. And, and listeners, he was also pretending that ESPN is not God's gift to the sports appreciating human being. What, what That's is that? what gets me. Right, what, what is it's it, an institution. What okay, so it's like Geo. it's like, hey, look, there's the Statue of Liberty. Let's spray paint a, a, a mustache and eyebrows on him because I have no respect for America. Well, okay. Uh, YouTube so TV, yes, the this commercial was... TV, stream and biz with YouTube TV, all major broadcast networks plus dozens of popular. I'm as mad as him as you are, listeners. Lineup oh, looks as like to thin. Wait, what? Lineup looks as little thin to start. Dozens include some good ones, Disney. Yeah, my daughter's going to like that. ESPN for all your sport needs, USA and FX, but most mostly sports channels. Uh, no CNN, no HBO, Food Network, Bravo, TBS, etc. cetera. Um, but Sling TV started similarly and quickly locked in a whole set. So this is a new kind of a, a new service that you can watch live TV. And I think the, the biggest thing that YouTube TV has on a competitor like Sling TV is that it has cloud DVR with unlimited storage and each recording retained for nine months. Um, so, so here, so I actually have tried Sling TV at our house. Like when it was first announced, I was like, oh, maybe this is, you know, we, we like to watch all the, like the the house hunter stuff and we don't have cable we just have like bunny we have the antenna bunny ears and we get most of our stuff off like netflix or if we we buy it on google play um but you know when i try to use sling the they have amc so i can watch walking dead but the problem is that they didn't have a way to dvr the shows so let's say for instance the show airs at six o'clock but you know you want to you need to get your kids to bed and you can't watch, actually watch the show until later on that night. You actually have to catch a rerun of it. You can't uh, record it and then watch it later. So that's probably the reason why we didn't uh, stick with the service. But this seems like that could actually do that, which is really really cool. It's going to stream to all devices, phone, tablet, uh, you know, via iOS and Android on, on Google Cast. It's going to be thirty five thirty five dollars a month, no contract or commitments, and it includes up to six unique uh, IDs for DVR content and recommendations and up to three accounts can stream at the same time appears to be streaming only uh, can download dvr content for offline purposes and it's limited to some cities to start and then they they uh the way to sign up for this is tv.youtube.com and they're going to update you when it's available um i i think i'm interested um without without it having amc i think that's uh that's kind of the I don't, that's kind of one of the main reasons I use it for for watching Walking Dead. That's like one of the only ones that will keep me. So, who knows? Wait, I have who I have knows? the international perspective on this, Yasmin. Uh, Comcast, Time Warner, Verizon, Verizon, AT and T, Comcast, HBO, <laughs> CNN. 
that that's what it all sounds like from over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it's good news and bad news. But it really is like Sling TV, where uh, I was I got on board like as soon as I got the, I got a demo account like uh, as soon as they opened up. It's like oh great, so long as I want to watch like eight sports channels and three channels that mostly have Honey Boo Boo on them that I don't really care about. But it didn't take them long to get all the channels that I really really want. I will say this, though, um, when I talk to people that actually are buying like DirecTV or any uh, any of the other cable subscription services, the main reason they're buying is the sports networks. And, you know, when I talk to them like, oh, I just buy my stuff off like Google Play and all that stuff. Sports is the main reason they say they can't cut the cord. So that's why a lot of these uh, like Sling TV and YouTube like emphasize on getting the sports, because if you don't have the sports, people aren't or people aren't going to be willing to give that up. Yeah, so, that, that was another that was another interesting part of the announcements, uh, where it's not just uh, uh, CBS and ABC and and Fox, no PBS by the way, uh, but it also says it's not just necessarily uh, like a, a, the national feed. They will get you will get news and sports from your local station mixed in there. I don't know if that means that they will. They're basically going to pay your local station so that you're getting the CBS feed from Boston or from wherever your your closest station is, or if it means that they are going to get a they're going to get the the newscast or if they're if there's special sports that are only available to your local area they're going to try to get rights to that so it could be interesting but that's not necessarily necessary given that for all of uh, for all of uh, 80 dollars i think you can own a box that will not only tune in all of the over the air broadcast channels but also record it to a dvr uh, and then you will actually have them as files that you can then put on any device and use offline. Not two uh, terabyte uh, micro. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Nope, okay. That's fine. <laughs> All right. I see. I see. I see. I see a woman on horseback as I zip past on my filthy, disgusting, <laughs> vulgar thirty mile an hour. Who wants to travel thirty miles an hour automobile? And that's fine, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's but it's super interesting. I'm glad to see uh, Google trying to get into this because it's a, a lot of people, justly so, are going to ask, well, why do I want to bother with this? I can get uh, 35 bucks a month. I can get basic cable for 35 bucks a month, and now things are competitive enough that Comcast and Verizon are giving me apps that will let me stream from my local box without having to do anything. But what you, it's the thing is, a lot of people just don't want to have a cable, uh, 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 just don't have cable. Cable TV. I cut cable a year ago after realizing that now Sling TV is mature enough that if I want Project Runway, I can watch I can watch my Project Runway. Uh, that I'm getting so much of my entertainment from other sources, and not to mention the fact that there are a lot of people for whom they don't necessarily have a fixed address. Where you've got students, you've got kids who might want to have their own accounts uh, independent from other people. There are people who change apartments like every year, every couple of years. It really is uh, very much of a wave of the future sort of thing so we got a more competition and more action in this space is a really really good idea uh last thing i want to talk about though this is something i've had in the show docs for a couple of weeks uh uh so uh apparently we're hearing some stories about the development of project aura that's that really cool project that that google was working on for a few years about designing a phone architecture that is fundamentally modular where there is no one 
phone. You just get a frame and then you click in these tiles and one of them tiles will be a CPU, another tile will be storage, another tile will be cameras. Uh, there'll, be a f uh, there'll be a screen clicked onto the other side and whenever you want to, when there's a new CPU, you can just click another one on. Whatever's important to you, you can just custom do it. Uh, they got so they got close enough that even at Google I.O. last year, they were showing off a running sample and promising that, yep, see, we're going to have an open, a, we're going to open a, a pop-up store and we're going to start selling them here and here. And then they decided, yeah, turns out that we have no, we, we know how to build seven of these. We don't know how to build 70,000 of these so that they'll work. Uh, so now this is, this is how... Maybe this is old Google versus current. We have to make have projects that make money. Google. They actually uh, were act, uh, going out to design firms and saying, "We want you to come up with interesting modules. We know that we, of course, we know that there's going to be a battery module and a camera module. We want you to weird." They actually asked this firm that uh, that inter that uh, talked in this interview. They uh, the Google asked them to design quote the weirdest module possible for Project Aura, and this was in 2015, and they came up with. Of all, all the ideas they come up with that Google liked, the one that they greenlit was a working aquarium as a project ARA <laughs> module. Now, this was sort of like sea monkeys, like the, the uh, uh, a strain of what they, uh, they're called tardigrades uh, in a little biome uh, that you could actually uh, – that had a camera module inside it so that your app can actually show you a magnified view of what these <laughs> little uh, uh, tardigrades uh, swim around, wiggling their clawed paws, eating algae, and reproducing. Sounds very sexy. Uh, reality TV and, right there. Yeah, and uh, they quote uh, uh, a consultant on the project, William Schindel of biotech nonprofit Genspace, discovered a very different behavior when he returned to the lab after a long weekend. A strain of tardigrades he was testing, a carnivorous strain, had turned to cannibalism inside a prototype biome. <laughs> prototype biome. Quote, and to be honest, <laughs> that's an excellent app experience, quote, said Fian. Which I is agree. the best quote ever. <laughs> Lord, of the, Lord of the Flies as a hardware camera feature. God bless Google. God bless them for underwriting this. And God damn the entire world for not, not appreciating this project enough to say we want like a gladiatorial microbiology combat coliseum inside your phone. Would you spend money for that? I sure as heck would spend money for that. Yeah. So like how thick is this glass if it hits something and shatters everywhere then you got oh. all these things all over you've got, you've got the death of a whole like <laughs> yeah species on your hands well, it, it was cool. They had, they had, uh, they said that there were two weeks of literally, and they they used the word literally appropriately here. They said that by the time that they cut that the project was killed, they were like a week away from having it absolutely buttoned down. The one of the problems was that uh, uh, generation of heat would kill off the uh, would kill off the the, the culture, oh. and so they and so they said, okay, we'll do this. We'll have like an app that. If it looks like you're sort of looking at them too much, it will say, we don't think that's healthy, but here's some video we caught of of, of them cavorting and working and gambling and walking and playing. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was going to, it would have been like so sort don't of use like this a, on the pixel and when you're in daydream mode. Yeah. Yeah. But it would have looked like a little, like kind of like a loose site kind of bump, like a little blister on, in, a, in, a, in a little tile. Uh, but the, the, the money quote I liked was, uh, again, this is these developers uh, saying, quote, it was a magical combination of Google being really progressive and reaching out to companies like ours saying, quote, go for it, do this thing. The boring thing, like making a lot of money off this thing, it wasn't about that. It was this art piece. Uh, and to be, to be fair, they didn't think that they're going to be shipping like a 
a quarter million of these. They thought that we will be able to make about I don't know, uh, I would guess something like dozens of them, and they would be sold kind of like art pieces. They'd be fully functional, but they were priced as though it was these were really hard to make. <laughs> and, and and they would feel as they, they, it would be mostly a promotional thing, I think, than anything else. But yeah, this is, this is when I go back to reasons why I love Google, it's like there are there's just some sort of really great mutant gene inside the hive mind of Google that says that I know we're paying you a lot of money to do things like shave microseconds off the response time for Google Mail. And that's really important, and that's part of your job here. But okay, you know what? If you want to, if we we should also give some money to people who want to put an aquarium inside a phone. <laughs> fly that freak flag, fly Google. Fly that freak flag. Let it soar. Yeah. Let it soar and inspire. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more, Andy. In fact, I while I was in the US, I met the two people behind the animated Google logo, you know, the, the dots that bounce around and they sort of morph around. And they basically said that Google came to them and they're like, you know, here's some, uh, you know, some prototypes and things that we have that we've done in sort of various, um, you know, video, video editing tools. What, what can they do? And these guys are like, well, we just built a whole physics engine. You know, we built a physics engine and we had to like animate these dots properly and we can't just have it like, and they spent, I don't know how long, a long time just animating these four little dots into, you know, the Google G and the bouncing thing when um, your assistant talks to you. And I just think, that's the coolest job in the world to have Google also, come to you with a sack of money and be like, animate these dots. Yeah, <laughs> those are my fa- the dots are my favorite. The dots are awesome, and they were also animate. behind the and do you remember the Andro- Androidify thing where you turn yourself into like an Android <gasps> yes! character and the they character the company dances behind around. That? Yeah, 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 same uh, people. Ooh, what's the company? What's the agency's name? I wish I knew. <laughs> Sorry, sorry to the two guys. I've also forgotten your name. Thanks, Russell. Is there an actual like, uh, like somewhere on the on the organizational chart project, uh, like uh, department of getting other people to goof off? Because the the only <laughs> thing better than being paid by Google to goof off creatively is being the person who just nothing. I don't even have to do anything. I just got to sit there in my <laughs> office listening to crazy, crazy ideas and saying. I've never heard of a phone made out of cheese, but damn it, here's $50,000 to prove that it can't be done. And if it can be done, you got another $500,000 coming to you, son. Go, <laughs> go. Well, it's oh, funny. Take, take, be sure to take a freak flag on the way out. Put that on your car. That's a little bit your parking pass on the campus for the next six months. What One of the, the most amazing concepts they came up with, and I believe they actually deployed this to the Google Play Store for a short time, was they, it, they made an app where basically it would look at all the apps on your phone and create a little chat room for every single app on your phone. So imagine you've oh, got... I remember that. Yeah, yeah they're the same people. Yeah. So this, they're like, why well, not? You can do this on Android. Everything. Yeah, you can put little icons on things. You can draw over the top of the screen. You're like, now there's a chat room oh, for the sure. clock app and there's a chat room for your Twitter app. And apparently it got pretty crazy there for a while. <laughs> Just thousands of people like on this thing. I think I remember being in that uh, chat room and asking about, I think it was like Pocket Cast. This is before I knew you. And like talking about the Pocket Cast app and that. <laughs> I wish I could remember the app name because that was that was like a fun app because, yeah, essentially you created these chat rooms for the apps that you're on your phone. So, of course, if it was uh, like Twitter or something or one like Chrome, it's going to be it's going to have a lot of users. But then you could always find the one that's like maybe the indie app that a lot, not a lot of people use. So you have only a few people and you're like, oh, like people that like the same things I like because they have this app installed. Oh, man, I got I if I remember what that uh, app is called, I'll put it in the in the show notes because 
I don't. I guess it's not active anymore. I don't. I don't I'm use not it. Sure, I think it's been shut down. But we'll, we'll try and find it. And we want to thank everyone uh, for listening. Andy, where can people stay connected with you and find out what you're up to? As usual, the Turing test for joining the Indianatco Traveling Roadshow Experience is uh, spell my last name. I'm Anatko on Twitter, Anatko on Instagram. My blog is at anatko.com. And the goofy stuff that I write for money shows up on the Chicago Sun-Times site at suntimes.com. And Russell, where can people find, find you online, you know, doing cool stuff, going to Google I.O.? Not mad or anything? Rubbing it in your faces. Yes. If you want to have my Google Eye ticket, which I have in my possession, rubbed in your face, you can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter. I should warn you people that you can't see the video, but he's actually rubbing it on his butt right now <laughs> to show you how little he cares about these tickets that he has. So absorbent. <laughs> and I'm at Yasmin Avian on Twitter. That took the joke <laughs> one half a step too far. Yeah, that was... I'm uh... sorry. <laughs> See, what I was miming was, you know, you like in denim, like a thick, thick pair of pants. Like, ooh, look, oh. I've got a pair and you don't. You, you're, you're the one who put the... Okay, we're done. We're done. Sorry. Wow. I'm just not even going to close out the show. Bye, everyone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can find me at Yasmin Evian. I wish you could see... Uh, I wish you could see Russell's face right now because he's bright red. <laughs> I don't think I've seen him this bright red ever. Could be the spider and, bite, though. Could be the spider bite. We don't know. <laughs> we'll see if he comes back next week. If not, um, I guess what we're looking for a new co-host. You can find me at Yasmin Evian on Twitter. Find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. You could also find the podcast on Twitter at, at material podcast. Send us feedback. Material podcast at gmail.com. We want to thank everyone for listening. Until next time, stay material. Wow, Russell, you don't even wait for the show to end and already close out of the of the dock, the show dock. Wow. Show's Just, over, yes, man. You're done. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. I am... No, wait, start again. See, I take a week off I'm and I forget how to do the intro. You oh, my gosh. You oh, my gosh. I'm like, who am I? Who is this show sponsored by? <laughs> all right.